Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of Meta Strategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest today is Mark Hill. Mark's the Chief Digital Information Officer at CSL Bearing, an $8.5 billion Australia-based firm focused on life-sustaining treatments for many ailments. As CDIO, Mark leads the enterprise-wide digital technology organization, including both the CSL Bearing and Securus businesses and their accompanying strategies. Prior to CSL Bearing, Mark was the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Gilead Sciences. In this interview, we discuss why Mark decided to kick off his time as CDIO with a digital literacy campaign, the operating model Mark is creating around digital data, IT, and innovation, and why digital delivery is more important than digital transformation. We discuss Mark's experience being onboarded virtually, the six strategic pillars that will anchor his strategy going forward, and how he thinks about data and automation. Lastly, we discuss Mark's path to a corporate board, his advice to others who would wish to do the same, his take on social injustice, especially during these times of the pandemic, and a variety of other topics. Mark Hill, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Oh, it's good to be here as well, Peter. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. Well, Mark, you're the Chief Digital Information Officer of CSL Bearing. You've been there for less than a quarter now. Uh, but maybe you could take a quick moment for those who are listening to this who may be less familiar with the company and, and give just a brief overview of, of uh, CSL uh, Bearing's business. Would you do that, please? Oh, yes. CSL Bearing or the CSL Enterprise, we are a company that's well over 105 years old uh, based in Australia with a laser focus on life-sustaining um, treatments for many ailments. And the foundation of what we do is plasma. Notice I didn't say blood, but plasma. So we actually take the plasma that's you know in all of us and we actually use that plasma through a fractionation process um, and protein that are in plasma to create life-sustaining drugs you know, for humans around the world. We're the largest um, aggregator you know, of plasma on the planet. In addition to the plasma side of the house, we're also a player in vaccines. So we distribute about a third of the world's uh, influenza vaccines, um, you know, for those who, who may encounter the flu. And we will be playing a role uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the coronavirus vaccines era, depending on which, you know, vaccines are approved. And we have locations clearly around the world, once again, headquartered uh, in Australia. Very interesting. And... Um well, I wanted to also ask you about your role. Uh, you, you have, you've been a chief information officer in the past. You are now, as I, I mentioned, titled as chief digital information officer. Talk a bit about uh, that role and your purview, please. Yes. And so number one, a key component of being a CDIO is to ensure that you're brilliant at the basics of what we call information technology. So I think in, in order for us to do digital well, the foundation, you know, IT has to be there. And those are the building blocks. Now, the beauty of the digital component is that means I also have the purview and the privilege to focus on, I won't use the word digital transformation, I'll use the word digital delivery. And there's a data component to that. And I believe that digital delivery in the end enables digital transformation. And so for me with CSL Bearing, 
I'm looking at the end-to-end -end value chain, whether it's the R&D side, whether it's the commercial side, whether it's even within information technology to do intelligent automation. But also we have a network that we call manufacturing and we have lots of sites around the world. And so one of the roles I play is how do we enable digital transformation even on the shop floor? Uh, a good example would be, can I ensure that we can proactively help the shop floor to understand when a component is going to fail. It could be a component that's critical for, um, you know, plasma fractionation or for including the the vaccine in a in a vial, you know, that will be shipped around the world. And so it's such a unique role, I believe. Um, of course, I know how to be a CIO, and I'm learning how to be a CDIO. Clearly, I can say that the expectations are high. Um, and one of, the, one of the things we're doing right now is understanding when we say digital or digital transformation, what does it mean? And what I've learned so far is that there were so many definitions. And so I've decided that where I want to start is with a digital literacy campaign. And why do I do that? I'm gonna do that so that I can ensure that out of the gate, we are all on the same page with a common vocabulary or nomenclature. So when we say digital, digital transformation, digital to delivery, we're all speaking the same language so that I'm not talking over someone or at someone in the same thing with me. And so I have this role, Peter, of really sitting down and putting in place the strategy that will enable the other strategies that have already been developed as it relates to the digital components of those strategies. And so I'm so excited about that particular piece. Oh, and at the same time, I've got to deliver the information technology strategy for the traditional component of the house and the data strategy for the company as well. And so we're going to take um, IT, data, and digital encapsulated under an umbrella and begin to tell a story and to begin to light up opportunities for the company. But the other piece I need to add around this is that there are digital opportunities that I found that are going on in the company, but they are not being amplified or highlighted. So a good example would be, uh, I just met with the team the other day, they're doing um, KPIs for yield improvement within you know, our plasma area. And I said, wow, this is actually pretty cool. They said, yeah, Mark, we wanted to tell you about it. And I said, well, why aren't we amplifying that up to the highest level so that we can begin to show these quick wins. And so part of my job is not to control, but to coordinate you know, these activities that are actually in flight in the company and begin to show these quick wins. And I believe the team was really surprised that me and the technology saying, ooh, you don't want to control, you want to coordinate. And that's been a big hit you know, so far with uh, the constituents that I'm, I'm dealing with in the company. Very interesting. And, and it also interesting, this consolidation of the uh, traditional IT aspects of the role, the digital aspects of the role, the data aspects of the role. There, are, you, You're well aware there are some companies where those are divided among multiple uh, executives. Frankly, I often feel like uh, when that happens, you are building a recipe for uh, potential politics or, or at least stepping on each other's toes because of so much that rhymes between the, the mandates uh, of different organizations of these kinds. Um, maybe I'd be interested in your in your perspective um, in terms of how you think about the teams underneath each of those. Do, do you have many people who are hybrids across those? Are they three distinct teams, Marks? How, how is that set up? 
that's an excellent question. And you and I, we, we probably need to do another follow-up in 90 days because as we speak, as we speak right now, I'm actually creating um, what I will call my um, operating model as well as my org design, you know, for the corporation. And I can walk you through at a high level, you know, how I'm thinking about that. So for me, um, and I think this is such an excellent question you just raised, because for me, I'm thinking about it in the following categories. Um, there has to be this component that I call digital experiences, because that's missing from the organization um, today, if that makes sense. And 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 also, um, just to really piggyback on your question even more, today I have a traditional IT function that's called digital technologies, yet the focus is not digital, if that makes sense, Peter. So I'm going to have in my new structure, um, let's just say head of digital experiences, I'm going to have a head of digital and IT, digital and IT strategy and innovation, right? Because we need to have this external view where we create these innovation hubs, you know, internally. And then I'm going to put a transformation office at the top so that we can do all of these things. And then there will be a head of, I'm not calling it data and insights, I'm calling, calling it information insights and analytics, because we are a data rich company, number one. But I believe that we now need to take that data and extract out the information and get insights from the in information. Yeah. Now, you often hear data-driven insights, and I get that. I'm not trying to be new age, but I think what we want at our company is information insights. And so, once again, yes, so we will have a clearly line of demarcation around that data piece, around the digital piece, and then running the traditional information technology piece. And, of course, they've all got to come together, you know, under me. And then there has to be this partnering component to what we do as well. But I think in order to make all of these things work together, when I work with a business, it goes back to this notion in my head around coordination and not controlling. Because I don't want to be the control tower as it relates to data, but I would like to educate folk on the importance of governance, on stewardship of data, adding the right meaning to data, et cetera. And I don't really care where the data comes from, but I can aggregate it up at the network level and allow the company to take advantage of that data. The digital piece, what you will not hear me say a lot is, is digital transformation, because I believe that that's important, but I think digital delivery is more important. And I think if I do digital delivery right, at the end of the year, we can step back and say, wow, with these 10 things that we did for the company, were they transformation versus transformation as the you know going in point and we focus on that instead of delivery i think digital delivery has to be the name of the game for us very interesting uh mark i mentioned uh, earlier that you are in the grand scheme of things still relatively new a very seasoned uh, it executive uh, in the industry at uh, places like um uh places like merck and gilead sciences prior to your your current post uh but you've had a most unusual experience of onboarding almost entirely virtually 
And one of the things I've, I've had some interesting conversations and in advising some technology executives who are long uh, in their roles, who, who had years prior to the quarantine, and uh, cautioning them that, you know, you need to recognize you're going into quarantine with people who are already immersed in the culture, who understand the mores of the organization. And therefore, you're gaining some advantage during these unusual times because of that shared nomenclature and culture that was already there. Um, you need to recognize that if you're in the, if the blessed position of adding staff, those people don't have that. And so you need to really sort of refactor the way in which you think about things. It strikes me, Mark, you understand that uh, uh, better than anyone because you're the leader who is in fact onboarded during these most unusual times and had to find ways, proxies to immerse yourself in the culture, get to know the team that you're responsible for, your peers, et cetera. Um, talk a bit about uh, the methods that you have used to try at least to make up for uh, uh, the ability to have in-person meetings, but even as importantly, the meeting before or after the meeting, the uh, impromptu coffee, the dinner, et cetera. Um, what, what methods have you used, please? So I will first tell you, I'll answer that, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss the impromptu meetings at the coffee shop where you walk downstairs and you grab a cup of coffee and you say, hey, Peter, hey, how are you? Hey, you know, I need to follow up with you around this thing. I haven't figured out a way to reimagine the the drive-by or the drop-in via Zoom or Teams. You know, that being said, my onboarding with my business partners has been very, very seamless in that there are things that they need from me and there's knowledge that I need from them. So we've been able to make this immediate connection. I'm the new guy, the new head of digital. They want to know what I'm thinking. And so we can have these meetings and they're just rich and we just run out of time virtually because it's a meet and greet, you know, it's do we know some of the same people, but also, hey, Mark, here's what we need here at the company. And once again, I'm being new. That means everybody's transparent around the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that is really, really good as relates to the business partnering piece. Now, as we shift to the staff piece, i.e. my organization, i.e. the technology organization for the company, this has been an interesting, let's just call it a really good challenge in that I'm learning everyone virtually, yet in the past, I would have flown to Germany and really had dinner after the meeting, um, being able to walk the halls and meet some of the people that may have been shy in the all hands in that company and just sit there and say, hey, how are you, Mark Hill? How are you doing? How's your family, et cetera? And that piece I miss. And so I've got to, I'm still working through how do I create that connectedness, you know, that way. What's nice though is that I've said to the teams, you are never disturbing me, number one. Here is my mobile number. You can text me. You can chat with me via Teams. You can chat with me via email, and I let everyone know that I may not respond within a matter of minutes or even hours. It may take me a day or two, but I will respond. And that has been such a cool thing because people have taken me up on that, especially the piece around you're never disturbing me. And of course, one can say, ooh, that's a slippery slope because, you know, but it's been a way for me really to engage with the company and show this level of authenticity because at some point they will meet me in person, non-virtual. 
and I, one of the things I want to make sure we saw for is the person they meet in person at some point in the not too distant future is the same individual they met virtually. Once again, giving people the access to, to, to communicate with me by any means necessary, you know, is a learning and I think a big hit, you know, so far, um, you know, sending out regular communiques. So one of the things I'm trying to do is if not every week, every two weeks around, hey, here's what I've learned. Here's some of the things that I've you know thought about. Here's what I'm thinking based on A, B or C. And I also have this unique privilege where at least in the U.S., I have been able to you know, fly to some of the various sites um, and have socially distance, um, you know, all hands. Socially distance, though, with just small groups. And I've, been, I've enjoyed that. I was just in Holly Springs, North Carolina this past Monday, by the way, and the weather was nice and warm. And we were able to go outside in this picnic area. And I was able to stand back um, more than six feet, maybe, you know, 20 feet and just have a regular meeting. And that was a big hit. And the people have been talking about that. So that yeah, so we're trying, you know, many, many different methods of understanding that we're headquartered in Australia, of having meetings, whatever makes sense for those that I serve. So if that means I need to have a meeting at 10 p.m. because it's convenient for um, China or Australia, you know, that's what we're doing. So I'm meeting the team where they need to be met at, if that makes sense. And just uh, showing that I'm always going to be available and we'll figure that out. So we're global and I've got to be the leader to show how that works. Yeah. Got to walk that walk. Certainly. That's interesting. I appreciate you sharing that anecdote. We talked about some of the organizational changes you envisioned, the bringing in a head of digital experiences, head of digital uh, uh, and IT strategy and innovation, uh, the transformation office you described uh, among other uh, uh, changes you anticipate. I wanted to talk to you more generally about the strategy that you've begun to put together here in the early days, recognizing perhaps it's still in process, but talk, talk a bit about um, here what, what you have planned uh, for the year ahead and some of the some of the items that are making their way to the top of the list of your priorities. Yeah, so as it relates to the strategy, the one thing that I have put in place, and we haven't communicated it to the company yet, but let's just call it these five strategic or six strategic pillars. And they're gonna anchor my strategy as we go forward. And those pillars are very simple. Uh, unlock our information. Ah, so that points to the digital side of what I need to do for the company as well as the data side. So unlock our information, build from the foundation, right? So of course I'm new, but there's a foundation that we have in place that we're gonna build upon to deliver value to the corporation. The third one would be to enrich and elevate the experience. Uh, so when I talk about experience, that would be um, the modern workplace, i.e. the user experience, but also I'm committed to the patient experience and the customer experience. So how do we optimize those? Innovate and scale, not innovate at scale, but innovate and scale. So as we find those high value use cases, we're, we're going to move with those. We're going to innovate. We're going to scale them. If they're not good, we're going to kill them and move to the next one. So innovate and scale and then collaborate with purpose. One of the, the largest pieces that I think I'm accountable for is this, this, this collaborative mindset with all the people across you know, our global company as well you know, as the customers and patients. So collaborate with people and then empower our people, right? 
So I want to make sure that we give our people not agile ways of working, but adaptable ways of working. Because I sometimes think the word agility, you know, has been abused. And and to anchor all that, we're putting in place what I'll call this transformation initiative roadmap to execute, you know, on those. So I've got to get my operating model rejiggered, if that makes sense, you know, so that it's fit for purpose for where we need to go. Um, do whatever org changes I need to reimagine the organization and then improve what I'll call the technology and digital offerings for the corporation to make sure that those are documented and then create these strategic partnerships uh, and outsourcing scenarios, you know, with others, because we also need to take an outside in perspective. Did that answer your basic question, Peter? It does indeed. Yeah, I appreciate you walking through that. It, it, it does so in, in a really nice way. Um, and, and it really highlights, as I as I hear you talk about each of the six strategic pillars, the really fundamental role that um, digital technology data play in, in running the business more generally speaking. And as you, as you point out, impacting the, the patient, the, the customer experience, in addition to the employee experience at the same time. Um, you know, yours as an industry, again, you are uh, as deep as they come in this industry, having been with uh, three leaders now in it, uh, in, with various areas of, of, of focus. But um, I, I, I'm curious, maybe you could talk a little bit about your vision uh, in terms of uh, digital data technologies impact on the broader broader um, business. Uh, we, you talked about the areas of focus for CSL bearing at the outset, the plasma focus, um, also getting involved a little bit uh, more in the uh, coronavirus um, research that's being done as well. To, uh, talk about the, the role you see uh, technology, digital data playing uh, in facilitating the broader mission of this organization. So number one, I think there's this component, and I try to not use words that can be abused, but we have an opportunity to think about automation in a profoundly different way. And let's just call it intelligent automation. I've learned a lot. I've, I've had the privilege of, of serving on the board of a company called Puppet. And, and what they do is automation, but they automate the infrastructure. And I'm taking those learnings, even as a board member, to say, wow, how can I think about automation even more broadly? And so as I look at every component of our value chain from research to release, if I use that as just a continuum, there are components that we can automate today. So if you think about a plasma center, we have these clinics where I don't want to give away any trade secrets, but where you, you, know, you, you, you go in and you, you know, you're checked in, um, via paper sometimes, and you you're hooked up, etc. Well, all of that can be can be absolutely automated. It's no different than when you check in to get on an airplane, right? You you have your mobile app. I've got to make sure that we have an app factory where we can crank these things out. The other piece would be we create data at every step of the workflow. And to me, I want to take those as breadcrumbs, drop them into a factory, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, and take that data and tell people what they never thought they could hear, you know, from that data. And, and, and that becomes the, the richness of treating, creating that, that data as this information asset that can actually give us real insights that we've never had before. But I think the other piece though, you know, is once again, looking at our data, you know, as this continuum, 
And then having the company, though, to let me know what the digital opportunities are. Notice my job, I don't want to come in and tell people what the opportunities are, but I want to create either a lockbox or a way for the company to be always engaging with me because not only do we need to do digital delivery for our patients and customers, but I also want to make sure that I'm doing it internally as well, taking out all of the processes in our environment today in the office that we don't need to worry about. I guarantee you without knowing this, that we have more spreadsheets than we need in this place, even today, right? I just heard a user tell me, one of my partners tell me that they have access databases. To be honest, I didn't even know Microsoft still sold access because I had not heard that term you know, for a long time. So how do I say, wow, tell me more, please. And that's <laughs> also, I think, me being able to do this job well. And, and across the company, as I'm talking to people, I'm more listening than talking, Peter. And this word that I use a lot, this phrase, tell me more, please. And that is my way to keep the business talking to me so that I understand where the rich opportunities are to do real digital delivery and also where I need to focus my um, data priorities. Yeah. Because the more I can keep them talking, the more I learn about the opportunities um, of where there are opportunities across the company for me to, to help, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It really underscores the need for a great leader to be a good listener. Uh, and that isn't always necessarily the case. So kudos to you for, for, uh, driving that insight home. Thank you. You mentioned a moment ago, your, uh, appointment to the board of puppets, uh, a company run by our, our common friend and a former CIO in uh, Yvonne Wassenaar. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. It's it's a journey many people aspire to walk in your footsteps uh, toward uh, of uh, you know, technology leaders becoming board board members and and thankfully there there are uh, a growing fraternity or sorority uh, that 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 has done so. But I wanted to hear a little bit about your journey. Um, how did you begin to contemplate that? The extent to which it was something that you actively pursued, and especially if you have any advice for others who might walk in your footsteps, Mark would love to get that. I think about the network effect of relationships. Um, for instance, this is a new relationship for me with you, Peter, and it, it just started. But what you will find is that I will ping you from time to time to check in and say, how are you doing? I, I, I think about the network effect the same way I think about how I invest my money. It, it's really something that I really must pay attention to and be mindful of that it requires not 100% of my time and attention, but time and attention. And the, and I learned from Stephen Covey, you know, many years ago, you know, that there's this concept called the circle of influence and your bubbles, you know, can shrink, expand or grow depending on your actions. And so for me, uh, years ago, I said, wow, it would be awesome to have the privilege to be on a corporate board. And I've done advisory boards. And I, as I understood it, it's one of the the highest privilege you can have in a company to actually be there to aid the corporation with their strategy. And so I started, you know, just making sure that I kept my network, you know, activated and made it known to others, not in an arrogant way that, wow, um, board members, hey, what does it mean 
to be on a board. And people would tell me that your job is not to tell people what to do, et cetera. So just doing my learnings, going to briefings here and there, you know, let it be known, not in a pushy way, but wow, hey, if there's something comes up where my skills are a match, but you manage that network. You, 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 you help others, you let others know that, hey, if they could assist you in any way, but you keep that network, you, you manage it like a pot of gold. You, and you just keep, you know, once again, as I said before, I may, I may be, you know, on a train and I'm say, wow, Peter may pop in my head. I may send you a link in and say, hey, just wanted to check in. How are you? Keeping that network fluid. Um, and, but also doing everything in your power to understand what it means, you know, not only to be on a board, but how you show up as a leader every day. And you'll find that word of mouth, you know, if you're doing the things that you're supposed to do as well, will begin to, um, you know, permeate, you know, the, this, this ecosystem that we, you know, that we function in, uh, not to just be out there you know, getting your name out, but getting it out there in a way to where people know why, you know, you are interested. So when you think about Puppet, uh, it's an area that I have passion in. It's 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 the automation, you know, of work within a function that I serve. Um, and I think that there was a connection, if you will, and you go on these interviews and you talk to people and hopefully they see the passion you have for their space as well as this industry. And so it's, once again, it's not just working the network because that's not what I'm saying, but it's it's really making these connections, um, you know, with people with a servant mentality, you know, that you are willing to help, right? Not that you want to be served, but that you are willing to serve, and that's really what it's about. How do you, you know, serve, you know, these outfits that are re really doing good and they need different perspectives and different points of views. And it translates also in, in the business that we're in. But also for me, though, I do think reporting to the CEO as the CDIO, being on a board, working with the CEO, believe it or not, it actually helps me to do both of my jobs even better than I would have without these two unique connections, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. I, that's a great, a great overview and great advice uh, just in terms of building that network. I, I love uh, your, your thought of to, uh, managing a network like a pot of gold. What a great way to put that. And, and uh, good things will, will result as a, as a result of your, that care and feeding that you give it. Look, I, I wanted to ask you as well, um, uh, Mark, among the very unfor many unfortunate aspects of this year has been um, the uh, reemergence of uh, and and a, a light shone on uh, racial social inequities in our culture. Uh, and I, I hope you don't mind my my asking, but as a uh, as an executive of color, um, I, I wonder if you could maybe reflect on some of the lessons of this year, some of what you've been experiencing, and the extent to which you have advice uh, for people of goodwill who want to be part of positive change. I, I'd be interested in some of the thoughts that you might have. Yeah, I, I think th this has been an interesting year. Um, for me, it, it's been a continuation of things that um, we, myself and others like me, have always known um, to be under the covers that were just not amplified, right? So even if we think about um, George Floyd, as an example, um, 
clearly unfortunate and unacceptable. But I think what's intriguing is that it's kind of like I was talking about digital a minute ago and amplifying use cases. This was amplified, you know, for the world to see. In the past, these things were not amplified. They were, um, you know, things that were happening to, you know, people you know, who look like me, family members, you know, that look like me, and they were not amplified. It was, oh, okay, wow. And now, you know, we've been able to amplify these things using enabling technologies, by the way, i.e., an iPhone. The iPhone is just a great, 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 great device. And it allows you to amplify, you know, these things that are just happening in the background that were not amplified. That being said, um, one of the things that I have been absolutely focused on for the past, you know, 30 years is to make sure that the way I show up and the way I do my best work, you know, is important because I really do want, if folks see me, doing an excellent job, the next person that comes along that looks like me. And the beauty of it, if the person reminds them of me, wow, that individual, you know, has a chance to be even better than me and, and to even exceed, you know, what even my expectations were for me. And so for me, it's not a facade or coming in, it's who I am. But the beauty of it, people get to see you know who I am, and hopefully they're looking beyond me being a person of color, but a person that can add maximum value, you know, to the franchise. And that next guy that happens to be a person of color that once again looks like me, it's like, wow, hey man, doesn't this guy remind you guys of Mark? Um, let's let's get him in here straight away, you know, so we can you know you know get moving. And and it it, it it's it's this pull through effect that I hope you know that. I, at the same time, you know, making sure that people like me are involved, you know, in not just the injustices, but also pulling through, you know, young talent, you know, getting that young talent, you know, exposed, whether it's through, you know, mentoring, you know, internships, you know, you name it. Uh, clearly, you know, we have a ways to go because in the end, uh, the way I think about things as well, Peter, is um, I've served in the military. Um, and I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. And at the end of the day, I'm an American. I've never lived anyplace else. Um, so I don't, I mean, I was born and raised here. Of course, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a global student, but I'm an American above all. And, um, and so I expect, you know, the full, the full benefits, you know, that, you know, all Americans, you know, strive for. And so, um, yeah. And so th these things that we've got to continue, we've got to, con not things, but these, these real issues, you know, we've got to continue to amplify them, you know, even more, not, you know, as an in your face thing, but the reality is, is this is our reality. And so if it's my reality, then it's an American reality, because I'll go back to what I said before. You know, I'm an American. I've served in the in the in the army, and the beauty of what the army taught me is that freedom is not free, right? We actually pay a price, but we shouldn't pay a price for freedom within our own country. If that yeah. makes sense, I it can does. see keeping, you know, the enemy outside of our borders, but um, I think we need to just continue to teach that, you know, we are not the enemy. Yeah. Well, Mark, Mark, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time and reflecting on that. I also thank you for your service. Uh, 
And here at the conclusion, I want to, uh, I'm so glad, as you, as you mentioned, uh, this is a new relationship. I'm so pleased to have you now as a member of my network as well. And so, so pleased to have gotten to know your story a little bit better as uh, somebody who is a seasoned executive um, across multiple leading organizations, learning a bit more about this new journey that you're on and these new sets of responsibilities you have at CSL Bearing, uh, the, the most unusual circumstances in which you've onboarded and some of the substance of what you're driving within your company. It's been a, it's been a great conversation, which I thank you for. Thank you, Peter. It's, I've enjoyed it as well and look forward to connecting with you very soon. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Wednesday when my guest will be Pat Grady, a partner at Sequoia Capital, and Clint Sharp, the Chief Executive Officer of Cribble.